This morning's scripture reading is going to be taken from Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 6. So we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half its height, for the people worked with all their heart. We're going to be looking at Nehemiah, the fourth chapter, as we think about the theme, building together. And I want us to think for just a few moments about the context of Nehemiah chapter 4. And we want to make application to the work of the church, not just universally, but also locally. As we think about the book of Nehemiah, bear in mind that such a gracious way, he said they first gave themselves to the Lord. Where are our affections? We talk about our attitude, our mindset, our desire to serve the Lord. It all begins with an attitude of heart, with our mind. And then it is carried out through our affections. Paul talks about in Colossians chapter 3, to set our affections, to set our mind on things above and not on things which are upon this earth. These people in ancient times were able to accomplish great things because their mind, their heart, their attitude was in the work. But then there is a second thing that I think we see in our lesson text, and this has to do with the work itself. It began with their will, that is, with their mindset, and that ultimately translated into the work or into the mission before them. Let's talk about how their will translated into their work or action. Look again at verse 6. Nehemiah says, So we built the wall, and the entire wall was joined together, up to half its height. And the people had a mind to work. Here were people that were more than happy, more than willing to be active, to be involved in this great work. What would it take for us to truly be involved in the work of the church today? I submit unto you that the first thing that is needed is a passion for the work. One of the things that led to Nehemiah's work in this great endeavor was his passion. His sense of desire to see the walls of Jerusalem rebuilt. The king of Persia could see in his face that there was distress, that there was hurt. Because the city walls were lying in waste. I think about developing a passion for our work. The Hebrew writer talks about in Hebrews chapter 6. Having a love for our work. He speaks of those who are involved in a labor of love. You know if you love something. Then typically speaking you do not have to be motivated To demonstrate that love. Now this afternoon, 
There are some people that will be sitting in some very cold weather in Green Bay, Wisconsin, watching the Packers play football. Now, they're going to be playing football in sub-freezing weather. I'm not so sure that I would want to sit out in that kind of weather to watch a football game, but there are some people that are very passionate about that team. And they're going to be willing to face those extreme temperatures because they want to be there. What about your passion for the work of the church? What kind of passion do you have relative to the work of the church here at Olive Branch? Our passion for the work will ultimately translate into performance. Again, the Hebrew writer said, speaking of those saints of days gone by, he spoke of their labor of love. Is the work of the church a labor of love for you? Look again at their performance. Verse 6 again. So we built the wall. The entire wall was joined together up to half its height, for the people had a mind to work. What's involved in our performance in the work? In other words, what's it going to take us to build the church in this community? How can we build it? Number one, there's going to have to be cooperation. In order for this work to go forward, in order for the church here to be what God would have it to be, spiritually and numerically, we're going to have to work together. That means we're going to have to stand side by side, shoulder to shoulder, and work for the master. The question is, are we willing to do that? How did the people in the days of Nehemiah, in the days of Nehemiah accomplish this great task that was before them? I suggest unto you that they were cooperative. If you want to accomplish a task and it takes more than one individual, then you understand the necessity of cooperation. Note, if you would, what is said concerning the cooperative efforts of these people in the long ago. First of all, note again what is said in verse 6. The Bible says, so we built the wall. Look at verse 9. Nevertheless, we made our prayer to our God, and because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. Verse 10, we are not able to build the wall. Verse 11, till we come into the midst and kill them. Now look at verse 12. From whatever place you turn, they will be upon us. And then verse 15, and it happened when our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had brought their counsel to nothing, that all of us returned to the wall, everyone to his work. Did you note the use of the terms employed by the inspired writer? He uses terms like we, us, our brother Dio said just a moment ago with regard to the to the great day that we had last Sunday. 
The great day was not because of any one person. This building wasn't filled because of me. It wasn't filled because of D.O. or Tim or George. It was filled because we worked together. Because us as a team reached out to those that had been former members here. Our efforts made last Sunday a great day. And so in order for the work of the church here to thrive, to grow, to materialize in a spiritual and numerical way, it's going to take collectively all of us cooperating with one another. The question is, are we willing to work together? So first of all, there has to be cooperation. And then secondly, there has to be consecration. In other words, we have to dedicate ourselves to the work of the church in this location. We have to say, look, we are in this thing for the long haul. I used to work for a company, and we sold a lot of products. And the man that owned our particular company would make the statement from time to time if we had a customer that was dissatisfied in any way. He would always respond by saying, do whatever it takes because we are in it for the long haul. We're in this thing long term. That's how we have to view the work here. There are no temporary fixes. It is a long-haul effort. It's going to take us, it's going to take you and me working together to make this congregation what God would have it to be. There's going to have to be consecration on our part. Think about the words of Luke in Acts 2 verse 42. When he speaks of the early Christians after having obeyed the gospel, he said, They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. What did they do? They continued steadfastly. They were dedicated to the work before them. So there is cooperation, there is consecration, and then there is consummation. These people undertook a great work. Now here's the question. Did they accomplish the task before them? Well, just turn over to chapter 6, if you would. At verse 15, the Bible says the wall was finished in 52 days. Here were people that began a good work and they saw that work through until the finish. It's not enough for us to begin the Christian race and then quit. It's not enough for us to begin working to build a congregation and then quit or cease our efforts. But rather we have to begin and we have to see it through until the end. So first of all, we have their willingness of mind their work, and they worked together. There's a third thing in our text that I would call your attention to. This has to do with their watchfulness. 
Now, first of all, when you talk about the work of God, the work of our Lord, you need to understand that there are going to be some people that will seek to undermine your efforts. And so I think about the mischief that was involved behind the scenes in undermining the work of Nehemiah and his co-laborers. That is, his adversaries. There were some adversaries to this work. And they opposed the work of Nehemiah and the people in that day. And they used some tactics or some tools to ultimately sidetrack their efforts. Number one, the first tool that they employed was derision. That is, they sought to ridicule what they were doing. Note, if you would, what is said in verses 1 through 4. But so it happened when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, that he was furious and very indignant and mocked the Jews. And he spoke before his brethren, the army of Samaria, and said, What are these feeble Jews doing? Will they fortify themselves? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they complete it in a day? Will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish, stones that are burned? Now Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him, and he said, Whatever they build, if even a fox goes up on it, he will break down their stone wall. So what do you have? There were some who were standing on the sidelines, and ultimately they're going to do whatever they can to circumvent this work. But they're mocking and ridiculing those who were about to undertake this task. They employed this, this tactic of derision. That may be that there are some on the outside that will ridicule us as the people of God for trying to build the work of here, the work here. It may be the case that there are some that might like to see our efforts fail. But we must persevere. So first of all, they employed this tactic of derision. But then secondly... They tried to debilitate their efforts. Look at verse 7. In verse 7, the Bible says, It happened when Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were being restored and the gaps were beginning to be closed, that they became very angry. And all of them conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem and create confusion what were they trying to do again they were trying to undermine the work they had become enraged or angered because these Jews were trying to rebuild the city walls and so what they wanted to do was to create confusion now listen there are people in the world that may do everything within their power to confuse you regarding the noble work that is before you. One of the ways that they may do that, one of the, the goals, one of the tactics of Satan is to get you involved in earthly things so that you neglect heavenly things. You and I, we have a great task before us. It's very easy for us to get sidetracked, to become confused about what is important Versus what is unimportant. We need to be able to make a distinction between that which is eternal in nature. 
and that which is ephemeral or transitory in nature. A third tactic that they employed, discouragement. Look, if you would, at verse 10. Then Judah said, the strength of the laborers is failing. And there is so much rubbish that we're not able to build the wall. Our adversaries said they will neither know nor see anything till we come into their midst and kill them and cause the work to cease. So it was when the Jews who dwelt near them came that they told us ten times, from whatever place you turn, they will be upon us. One of the greatest tools of the devil is discouragement. I don't want to hear somebody tell me it can't be done. I don't want to hear, I don't want somebody to tell me, oh, the work here, it can't flourish. We can't fill this building. We can't get every member in Bible class. I don't want to hear that. It's not about what we can't do. It's about what we can do. We can do the work of the Lord. The question is, do we want to? Now, there are a lot of people that may say, well, the church here is not going to flourish. There may be some people that will say, well, your heyday's past. I don't want to hear that. I don't say that arrogantly. I just, that's just a fact. I don't want to hear it. I didn't come here to preach the gospel to see a congregation stagnant. Now, I'm just one person. I can't do it all. The elders can't do it all. Deacons can't do it all. It takes all of us working together. Discouragement and despondency will kill a congregation. If the devil can discourage you, then he can destroy your faith. Now the question is, are we going to rise above discouragement? I can't change the past. I think about things that I've done in my past Some things are regrettable. Some things I wish I'd never done. I can't change the past, but I can be forgiven of the past, and I can forge ahead. I have control over the present. What we have to do is live in the present and plan for the future. So the question is, will we, work together. First of all, we think about the mischief, that is, the adversaries to the work of rebuilding the wall. But then I want you to think in the second place about the militancy of these people who began rebuilding this wall some 2,400 years ago. And I want you to think about the advantage they had. You see, even though they had some adversaries, they had the upper hand. The reason for that is because, number one, they had God on their side. They were virtuous people. Look at verse 9. Nevertheless, we made our prayer to whom? To God. Now look at verse 14. I looked and arose and said to to the nobles, to the leaders, and to the rest of the peoples, Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, great and awesome, and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, 
and your houses. These were virtuous people. We need to understand that the work that we're involved in, it's not our work, it's not my work, it's not your work, it's the Lord's work. This is the Lord's work. This is His church. This is not Olive Branch's church. When people criticize the work of the church here, they're not criticizing Olive Branch. They're criticizing the Lord's body. This is His church. It's not my church. This belongs to God. These people were virtuous and they looked to God. They were able to accomplish great things because of their virtue, their trust in God. Number two, they were vigilant. You talk about being watchful. Look at verse 9 again. Nevertheless, we made our prayer to God, to our God, and because of them we set a watch against them day and night. You and I, we have to be vigilant. Peter talks about be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. You need to understand that there are people out here in the world They're not spiritually minded. And there are some people that might be opposed to the work of the church. But you have to be vigilant. You have to be on guard. You have to watch. Let me, let me just say this. There is an expression that is used from time to time in the world that I think, to some extent, conveys the attitude that we need to have about one another. Sometimes individuals will be involved in something and they will have allies working with them and they will, they will use the expression, we have their backs. That's the way we need to be as members of the body of Christ. We need to have one another's backs. You need to be vigilant. You need to be watchful. And you need to watch out and protect the work of the church here. If somebody tries to criticize the work of the church or tries to criticize the church in this location, you need to say, now wait a minute, just stop it right here. I do not want to hear that. I'm not interested, I'm not interested in listening to that kind of stuff. We need to love one another, as Jesus said in John 13, 34, and 35. Our love for one another needs to be put into action. Our love for one another needs to be such that we have one another's backs, come what may. Now, does that mean we're perfect people? No. We're not perfect. But we are forgiven people. If our heart is what it should be, we're all trying to move in the same direction. We, have, we all have the same goal. In the days of Nehemiah, their goal was to build the wall. Our goal today, build the work of the church. When you and I stand before God on the day of judgment, hopefully and prayerfully, we can say we did everything in our power to build the work of the church in this location. Thirdly, and very quickly, Another characteristic of these people, they were people of valor. That is, they were brave. 
The work of the church is not for weaklings. It's not for the faint-hearted. It's not for those who are easily discouraged, but it is for the brave and the courageous and those who are people of valor. I want you to note how these people work together. They were people of valor. On the one hand, you had individuals who were holding a sword or girded with a sword on one side and laboring with another hand. What about you? Are you brave and courageous? Are you a person of valor in the kingdom of God? These people were working together. They were building together. And because of their efforts, the wall was completed in 52 days. You and I, we can build this congregation together. Last Sunday was a great day. But listen, last Sunday can be a launching pad. We can build the work of the church here. We just have to carry on. Continue calling, continue encouraging, continue trying to study with people, continue trying to evangelize, encourage, edify. The work here will flourish. I like the words of the inspired penman in the long ago who said, If God be for us, who can be against us? Today we ask the question, are you a Christian? Are you a, are you a child of God? The Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. The Bible says, Except you believe that I am He, you'll die in your sins. We have to have faith in the Lord. We have to be willing to repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. Acts 2, verse 38. The Lord will then add us to the body of Christ. Acts 2, 47. Once we do that, the exhortation is to be faithful until death, at which time we'll receive the crown of life. Revelation 2 at verse 10. If you're unfaithful to the cause of Christ, could we encourage you to come home? Could we encourage you to come back to the Lord to begin working with us, laboring together for the cause of Christ? Paul said, be you steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not vain in the Lord. If you're unfaithful, could we pray with you and for you? God will abundantly pardon. Would you come as we stand and sing?